Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Come on, uh, it's the Fight Got Podcast, boys. Floney's Filth and Callum, how you doing, boys? All right? All good, all good. Of course you're all good, T. Of course you're all good. Why are you all good? Fucking top of the league, isn't it? Top we? of the fucking league. Nine games played, seven one, two drawn, zero losses. And Postacoglu has amassed more points than any new manager in the history of the Premier League, including Pep Guardiola and all the other wankers. They've existed. All of them. David Moyes, wanker. <laughs> Steve Bruce, wanker. Oh. Give me some more. <laughs> who's that Eddie Who's Howell. that geezer who used to manage Blackburn with the bald head? Steve Keane. Oh, fuck. Wanker. Steve Keane, yeah. Wow, well done. Wanker. So Les Reed. Les Reed, wanker. None of them <laughs> as good as Ange Postacoglu. Any others? Fucking Jose. Kevin Keegan, wanker. Yeah. Loser. <laughs> Badger-headed nonce. All wankers. It was brilliant. <laughs> Don Motsford, top of the league. Unreal. And I, it's almost like I feel comfortable here. It's not like previously, like, whoa, this is a bit scary. Look at us, top of the league. And I'm not saying we're going to win the league. I'm not saying that. We couldn't, right? But we are top, and it feels comfortable, and that's what's so satisfying about it. Cal, where are you sitting? I am actually sat on my in my nephew's box room on his bed using what is that he's not a there copy. is he no he's not bless him uh, he's on half term uh using a copy of diary of a wimpy kid 2 Roderick rules to balance my microphone <laughs> what why <laughs> because i just couldn't find anywhere quiet and suitable to record to have good internet access and this was the best i could do fair play fair play t how you doing mate you a bit hungover yeah we bit hungover so um I was feeling very belligerent this morning, but now I feel now I've kind of evened out a bit. That's so weird. But if we recorded at nine a.m., I was really, well, I'd have been quite angry I for s- no reason. It's so weird you, you said that. I, I was going to ask you a question about whether you was belligerent last night because 
as I was drifting off to sleep last night, I thought of a time when I nearly had a fight with a guy in a wheelchair in a kebab shop about <laughs> half one in the morning, but he was mugging me off. And I was like, I'm drunk. I'm belligerent here. I am being mugged off by a man in a wheelchair. Am I going to have that? And the answer was no. <laughs> I was ready to tip him out. I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't never do that to someone who didn't deserve it, but he was a dickhead. So anyway, I had people holding me back. You've got to show people sometimes, haven't you? Yeah, look, just because you're in your wheelchair doesn't mean that, that some of the rules of decency don't apply to you in this instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's made, e- equal he's made right, the decisions. Yeah, he's made the decision of a person that can back it up, I believe. Maybe he could have. He could have batted me. I don't know. Maybe he could have done. Didn't get to that stage. Yeah. Um, mate, I don't know if if you boys have seen it. Um, There's a lot of people uncomfortable about Tottenham Hotspur's place at the top of the table and what's happening at the Tottenham Hotspur, isn't there? What I mean, is is this... Yeah, there's so much shade. Yeah, why is everyone so upset with us? (laughs) Why are they so upset with us? What have we done? (laughs) What have we done? We're it's doing like, nothing. Um, we're just enjoying ourselves, playing some decent football. That's all we're doing. Why is everyone showing up so you know, upset? It's like, I even made a point on uh, a social media post that, you know, the reason why we're so happy is because last season was just so bad. Um, I remember Ricky giving up six or seven games in a row and didn't bat an eyelid. I, I gave up similar last season. I just thought, I can't do this. And, yeah. um the absolute nadir, that's the right pronunciation of the word, was a Newcastle game. And you go from that to having a bunch of players who love being at Spurs, a manager who loves being there. And um, it's like, um, you know, to my shame, I've never watched Top Gun, but I know the, the gist of it is that they're all playing volleyball on the beach and all packing each other's bums and shit. You're really not missing much. It feels much. like that watching Spurs. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like watching Spurs. Like, yeah. um, so Papa Sar will do a clearance and he's getting like, High fives all over the place. You know, like in basketball, when they do a free throw and they're giving out high fives, even if they miss a free throw. It's not like with, with our team. Everyone just fucking loves each other. I just love this team so, so much. There's not there's nothing better than sort of being able to touch another man in a sporting environment, is there? Like, I, I, I'm, oh, I'll make a man out of you quick. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can just pat someone on the ass when you're playing football. Nothing, no bat an eyelid, no issue, no agenda, nothing. You're playing football. You're allowed to do it. Um, Real men. I don't, I don't get, I don't get, I, I don't understand why why Arsenal fans felt the need after the game to reach out on Twitter and go, um, you know, you haven't really played anyone. Well, actually, yeah, we've played you, yeah, and and also we played Fulham at home, who you didn't beat, and we did without even really trying. So, yeah, we have played a couple of people. And it doesn't matter. Like it just shows you, in terms of the you, you know the fact that Postecoglou is top of the league and he's you know holds that record now. It just goes to show that regardless of who you play, doing what he's done in his first nine games is unheard of. It's never been done before. Never been done before. And for him to come as this portly Australian bloke, Greek heritage, who's cut his teeth in Australia, Japan, and then Scotland, for him to be called Impostocoglu. By some of these <laughs> slags, it was quite good. To be fair, you got to give rate that one. To be honest, Imposter Coglu he was called. Now what? Is he an imposter? Because he looks like he's doing a good job to me. Unbelievable. Did an amazing job, and um, he's just such a statesman. You know, even um, you know, first conference last week, he was talking about you know the conflict and he uh, handled Middle it East. really well, didn't he? Yeah. He, han- he handled it brilliantly. I mean, could you imagine? Um, 
or Arteta in that situation or or even Conte in that situation. They probably would just wouldn't want to talk about it. I mean, obviously, English isn't their first language, but Potskogda is such a good orator, you know what I mean? He, speak, he speaks so well and Arteta, um, the, the players just, just fucking love him. Arteta couldn't um, handle a question about having two number one goalkeepers without having a meltdown. He's, and you're right, he's like, he, he was put in, Potskogda was put under the spotlight. He was asked some difficult questions by the journalist. And I mean, I would argue that it's not the that that forum isn't the right place for that discussion. And actually, Ange Postecoglou's thoughts on the conflicts are not important. It's not his role to make that comment. He's a football manager. At what point in his history of his upbringing or any football manager upbringing are they qualified to make a political statement like that? And that's what they're being asked to do. And I get it; they're a public face, and these things happen. But such is his upbringing, and such as his persona that he was able to answer it with class and he said the right things and it was actually quite pertinent what he said and i'm not saying the journalists were trying to trip him up they weren't they're doing their job sometimes they have to ask these questions but he just yeah you're right the statesmanship and his 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 calmness in in, in difficult situations or difficult situation like that was uh was impressive cal you saying that someone sent you a link or you saw a link to a liverpool subreddit so just about Ange there, he has real emotional intelligence and he has real empathy. So I think probably journalists really like asking him things like that because they know they're going to get a human answer out of him. Um, so I, I can see why they asked him. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He's not qualified at all, as I would argue most of us aren't qualified. Um, but yeah, someone in the um, Patreon Discord, the TFC Patreon Discord, posted a link to uh, Liverpool subreddit, and it's their daily discussion. They have a daily discussion, which I met, which a lot of subreddits do. Yeah, and most of it is about Spurs. <laughs> is <laughs> it's it? The Liverpool... <laughs> yeah, the Liverpool. It's the Liverpool subreddit. You think they'd be talking about, you know, their upcoming Europa League games, or you know, maybe it's <laughs> injuries or whatever stuff they've got going on up there. But no, they're talking about Spurs, yeah, and they're still up, talking. About, they're still talking about you know, the red card that happened or the two red cards that happened when they played us. They're still talking about us. Arsenal are still talking about us. And it's because they can't rationalise it. You know, you you can rationalise City, Chelsea or Newcastle because they've got all the money, right? Or even, you know, Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, you can rationalise that because they're the established clubs. They can't rationalise Tottenham. They can't rationalise this. This new coach, they've told Harry Kane, you know, their best ever player, arguably... And so they said, they're going, this, oh, they've not played anybody. It was like, well, we've played Liverpool, Manchester United and Arsenal. Mm. So they just can't rationalise it. And so all they can do instead is scream into the ether. And it's amazing. It is amazing. It's, uh, you know, it's just little old Tottenham just plodding along top of the table. That's all it is. All right. It's nothing for you, nothing for you to, you know, lose your shit over. If we're, if we're no threat, if we're Tottenham-y, we're Spurs-y, we, you know, we have a soft underbelly, that's all you'd be saying about us. That's what you've been saying. It's fine. If you believe it, if you genuinely believe it, you wouldn't be so rattled right now, would you? Um, you, know what the, you know what the beautiful thing is? It's a bit like, um, you know, you meet a girl for, you know, for the first time and they've got a semi. She says, oh my God, you're fucking massive. And you've just got a semi. That's, that's what Spurs are right now. We've got, <laughs> um, got no depth, right? You know, Basuma was suspended yesterday. But who would be a feeling? Who, who was all right, but he's not at the level of Basuma. Um, mm. The subs in the second half, which we'll probably talk about further on in the pod, um, they struggled. They really, really struggled. And if we rely on them, we'll be struggling for a long time. So if we have two or three windows, we'll be fully erect and you'll see what we can do, provided we hold on to, to Postacoglu, and it's going to be fucking epic. Right now, we're just just a semi right now, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe thumb it in, but... 
in, what we're not erect yet. In the in a in, in a year from now, a year from now, we'll be holding them by the ears. We'll we'll be holding the Premier League by their ears. All right, and we'll be giving them long strokes. Those long strokes, you know the ones. Yeah, those yes, are going to yes, start yes. calling us veiny coys. Yeah, those <laughs> the Premier League's going to get those long strokes, and we're going to be having them by the ears. Um, yeah, yeah there's a soggy mate. Can we can, before we um, sort of start to pick apart the game? Um, can we give a shout out to Vicario yes. because we haven't spoken about him on this part because we. It, we haven't spoken about the fact that if based on the evidence that we have that, that this the nine games that he's played that's all we've got to got to show he has been sensational and and yesterday there was a couple of rye passes that went weren't quite correct in um, the first 10 15 minutes but he has been sensational so much better than i thought i don't know what like what you want to if you guys want to say anything about him but i just need he needs to be given these flowers because he's been sensational i think um i think the fact that the circumstances in which we signed him for one um the game against brentford where he was a little shaky in parts and um obviously the people just weren't confident in him at all to what we see now is just um just absolutely amazing. He's he's been brilliant, and also he's another one who speaks very very well. Um, obviously he's got good English. Him and Doggy are international teammates, and um, he's been wonderful. He made a couple of saves yesterday that I just thought, oh my god, that's in, and he just like he was quick to it, you know. And um, it's it's so nice that you know we lost um, Hugo Luis. He's probably one of our best keepers that we've ever had at this club, and we just replaced him with someone who could potentially be even better than than Hugo. And it's just it's just wonderful. Can I just say as well, like I I, I never watched Vicario play. I didn't even I hadn't even heard of him before we signed him. Got to be honest, right? Um, but oh, so all, yeah, so all I can go by is the stats, right? And if statistically he's only marginally better this season than he was last year. Was it was it Empoli he played for? I can't remember who, who it was. Yeah. Empley, yeah, yeah. Um, he's only marginally better this this season, and a couple of metrics in aerial metrics, he's better by ten, whatever that is. I don't know, an attribute overview it's called, but um, yeah, only marginally better. So it's not like these he's in a purple period. This is his standard, and we got him for sixteen million pound. Fucking great, unbelievable. Like I just wanted to. What about you, Cal? Have you, is there anything about yeah. him, like save from that header that I thought was going in? Yeah. Oh. Great save. Oh, he made a few really good saves yesterday. Uh, he let, yeah, there was a couple of little right bits of distribution went astray, and he, at one point, I think a corner kind of went over him. He, not the best position for a corner, but he actually came out a couple of times and caught some things that you've. I've not really seen him do that much. Is like really command his penalty area, and he did that yesterday. He came out and caught a couple of things which I hadn't wasn't expecting him to. Um, but yeah, fantastic shot stopper. He uses the ball really well. And you think about the state David Rea is up the road, the state he's in, and you look at what we've got for half the price. It's been absolutely what a fantastic signing he's been. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because goalkeepers, it's like, oh, it's boring, isn't it? Oh, it's boring. And you don't know. It's a complete crapshoot with a goalkeeper. You don't know what you're going to get. But we've gone out. We've we've we went pretty early in terms of the transfer window. We didn't let it linger on for too long. And we brought him in. He's, what is he, 27, 28? Pretty 27. young for a goalkeeper. 27 so we could have him for another seven eight years yeah um and he's been brilliant he's yeah first game was a bit rocky but i think that's the that's that was the whole team i think the whole team were a bit rocky and you know now he's got this defense in front of him romero and van der Venel, and then the two fullbacks um 
yeah, I, I thought. I, th I thought he was excellent yesterday. And there's actually a lot of really interesting talking points coming out of yesterday. The subs, Hoybier, how he looked. I think we learned quite a lot about that team yesterday. Yeah, yeah. In, in a game that we didn't play brilliantly well. There were moments. like the, I think there was a period towards the end of the first half where we just turned it on and it was some of the best football I've seen in years. In the, first 15, the, the last 15 minutes of the first half, we were just scintillating. Unbelievable. Um, and then... Obviously, the second half, which Pastor Kogalu has come out and said that he wasn't happy with the display, I can understand it because it wasn't as fluid and, and, and composed as it has been previously. And the last 10 minutes, we let Fulham get into it. But, you know, they started pushing men forward, whereas for the vast majority of the game, they were pretty reserved and pragmatic and, and naturally trying to play a low block and prevent Spurs from playing and, and getting opportunities. But we got those opportunities and took them. Um, but but yeah, it was only that last 10 minutes where they really started to try and open us up. But I could understand what Postacoglu was saying. It wasn't as fluid as, as it has been, but yet we still won. We still got the points. And that, that, the, uh, that game, I know we say this a lot, and it probably doesn't mean a great deal, but previously we would have... That that would, the Fulham at home after a great start would have been one we dropped points. And that was on... I don't know if it was on the back of your mind when you was going to the stadium yesterday boys but it was like you know each one of these games we're going no this is the test our first Arsenal was the test because that's Arsenal away then and maybe it was Manchester United or that was a test and actually well no ain't Arsenal is it because it's it's Liverpool let's see where we're at with Liverpool beat them and then you're like well no because we're supposed to be beating Luton well we you know we that's the test uh, but yeah they're down to 10 men so it didn't really count no Fulham's the test that's what it feels like how many fucking tests do we have to pass? Do we have to convince of ourselves that we're actually decent? I don't know. Yeah, I was. I've, I'm not going to lie. I was. I, I was pretty concerned um, leading up to the game. I just thought that um, there's a massive gap between that and the last game. Also, everyone else had played at the weekend, so you know we were the last game. So I was a bit concerned about that. You know, Pelinia, who you spoke about at length in the preview, I thought he's probably going to, you know, break a lot of our break a lot of our play up, and you know, Fulham could catch us in the break. But um, I just think we looked very assured. I mean, um, Bobby Reed from Fulham was on decent form, but we we handled him comfortably. And um, this is just such an amazing team. Um, I feel that we've got nothing to lose. We play like we've got nothing to lose. And um, something that Postcoglu says an awful lot is like, just play, just play. It doesn't matter, just keep playing. If you make mistakes, just keep playing. And um, this is a team playing without any real fear. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch because it felt like... Um, under previous managers, it felt like we were almost restricted to a degree. Not because they necessarily play bad football, but it's like they had to adhere to a system. Whereas with this one, it's like, um, well, this is a system, but you can be free form within it. It's like um, someone like Madison, for example. It's amazing how much he presses. It's something that it's an underrated part of his game. But last night, he was pressing like an absolute madman. And um, and someone like him buying in, he could have easily said, you know, I don't need to do all this. I'm James fucking Madison. It's like, no, you know what? I'm going to go in and mucking and be part of the team that's just absolutely amazing I want to talk about James Madison at length but just going back to Vicario quickly because I've just been looking at something while you were speaking yeah. there is Vicario the best goalkeeper in the league this season do you agree for me he's number two behind but not behind Alisson but he's not number two by a long way I, don't, I think there's there's a bit of a gap between them but I think the car is probably top two for me at least. Interesting you say that because statistically, Allison is number two in terms of shot save percentage. I know there are yeah. much yeah. there are other aspects of, of of how effective a goalkeeper is, 
not least distribution and whatnot. But um, Vicario has saved 84.2% of the shots he's um, faced. And the next closest is Alisson at 76. That's almost, but it's 8% difference, which is massive. Um, That's crazy. It is. Yeah. I mean, what a, I mean it's got to be strategy, isn't it? it? Just it is him. It's skulking <laughs> around, doing it's, illegal it deals. It is him. It's him, isn't it? But, but do you remember, Flav? But, but Flav, do you remember when um, at the time it was after the Brentford keeper, Raya? Of course. And um, it looked like we were going to get him. And then that fell apart and we quickly got Vicario within two or three days. I think that deal was wrapped up very, very quickly. And we were a little, a little underwhelmed. And... Um, not to throw Bardi under the bus again, but his famous review of Vicario scored, I, I was a bit, oh my God, this looks a bit suspect here. And um, I'm sure Vicario is probably a bit aware that people had a, had a few misgivings about him because um, I believe in some of the videos that he wasn't really, he wasn't known for using his feet much. He's more of a shot stopper and he's shown that he's very good with his feet. And this is something that... Um, that have all been pretty stressed about. If Hugo Lloris, for example, he was terrible of his feet. He always hated getting the ball passed back to him. But Vicario is happy to be part of the of the build up, and yeah, he gets his props. This podcast, he's he's he's, a, he's brilliant. Yeah, man. I I look at I, I look at David Ray. I just look at him, just the cut of his jib, and I'm like, I don't like that guy. Don't like him. Looks nah. weird. He's weird looking. Not not looking weird. Is I mean, I don't care. I look weird, right? But as a goalkeeper, it's like. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not having him. I'm not having him. Um, James Madison. Um, as much as he is great on the pitch, he's incredible off it. Uh, I don't know if you boys saw his yes. interview, his uh, Monday Night Football interview. It was hilarious. It was like he's so down to earth. On top of being the best footballer in the Premier League statistically, you can't argue that in terms of average ratings across the season, he is number one. Um, it, his his persona and his ability to be a part of that that the squad so quickly, it's just like how the fuck did we get him? Why was there no one else <laughs> moving heaven and earth to try and buy get this player into into their squad? He could walk into any team, including Manchester City, anyone. He's that good. Was and it? he joined Spurs and we finished eighth last season. And the whole thing was a bin fire. It was interesting to me how he spoke about Tottenham yesterday and how he said, in essence, you know, Tottenham's a much bigger club than Nestor. Um, yeah, I saw that. Other day. <laughs> Go on, sorry. He said he didn't say it in a way that was rude. He said he, he he tried. He walked it back a tiny bit by saying, "I loved my time at Leicester." Yeah, because he knew what uh, he said. Yeah, but but he was he wasn't saying anything unreasonable or wrong. The, the, and he and he, I think he clarified it quite well when he said, you know, the spotlight at Tottenham is so much bigger than it is at a club like Leicester, because if Leicester, you know, they've they've been relegated now, but you know, if if Leicester finish twelfth, it's no crisis. Then they're not going to have a you know a fucking hour special on Monday Night Football about Leicester finishing twelfth. But if Spurs were to finish twelfth, it's a big fucking deal. Us finishing eighth was a big deal. And he and I think that's probably part of the reason why we got him over a Newcastle because. Newcastle have got a lot of money and they've got a big stadium, but they're not a big club. And and T's pointed this out before. They haven't won a trophy in, what, fucking 60 years or something? No one talks about that. Nobody talks about Newcastle not winning a trophy in 60 1969. years. 1969. Well, there you go. What's that? What's that? 54 years? Um, 
you know, they've not won a trophy in such a long time, but nobody talks about it because the expectations are not that they're what they are at Spurs in you know, with fifteen years without a trophy. Fundamentally no one gives a fuck about Newcastle, do they? No, they don't. No, they don't. They're not a big club. They've got a big stadium and they they've got their own little bubble in Newcastle. Yeah. you know, they've got the whole city to themselves, but they are not a big club. They're not. They're not certainly not as big as Spurs are worldwide or just in terms of stature. And I think that's probably what was the draw for Madison. Because I think Chelsea looked at him, but because he's 26 and he's not under 25, they didn't want him. And he probably looked at that and went, no, thank you, anyway. Um, and he probably thought, Do you know what, Tottenham, they finished eighth, they need a bit of picking up. And it's a massive football club. And that was probably the draw for him. And he's been, he's fucking unreal. Him, him for me yesterday, him and Kulisevsky, I thought they were the best players on the pitch. They were both brilliant. Um, let me. I thought Romero's uh, great shout for Romero as well. Oh, uh, fair, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, also statistically the best centre back in the Premier League currently. I like my stats. I've been looking at them. I'm well into my I stats. When yeah, I, man. I like this new flav, mate. When the stats favour us, I'm well into reading yeah. about them. It's like it's like anything Absolutely. at the moment. I've just I've I've spent so long on TikTok this morning, just listening to fans of other clubs talk about Spurs, like. In a way that they're like, oh, now that, and they they were waxing lyrical about what they saw last night. Some of them saying, "I would better f- figure out if Spurs are all that cop." Let me watch the game tomorrow, like on Monday night, and uh, see what's what. And they were going, "Oh no, they're good shit." It's like, and that display last night wasn't nowhere near our best display of the season in terms of, you know, making sure that to as at the best of their ability to play out and Postecoglou's football. It wasn't a great demonstration of that. There were moments, certainly in the first half, where it, it really did click. But in the second half, it was a little bit disjointed and they're still staying that. And that's that's what's exciting about it. Because regardless of what happens this season, whether we stay top for the remainder of this year and come into Christmas and think, all right, we're in a title race because that's what everyone says. Where you are at Christmas is roughly where you're going to end up. If, that is, if that's the case, then, 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 then so be it. But if it does fall off a little bit it doesn't matter at all and that's what people are waiting for and there will be this this dialogue about Spurs actually the bubbles burst and they're not that good we're not that we're not as good as we are right now unless we do it throughout the entire season and that's an unknown right but you predict that there may be moments through the season where we would we, we would fall off somewhat and it doesn't matter because it's just the start and this this incredible start of this the journey is is it's making it everything much more enjoyable and we can all talk about football and we'll all talk about Spurs with a smile on, a smile on our face for the first time in years. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. But uh, I have got the clip from... No, so I'll play. I'm going to play the clip, the no, James Madison interview. After I just wanted to just going to play it so people can hear it if they haven't gone. Uh, no, I was just going to say that we could do we could do five, ten podcasts right now about things we're happy about at Spurs. Um, we could talk about um, Andrew Postecoglou being a statesman and talk about Madison on and off the pitch, and um, even Pedro Poa was a little bit below his high standards, but he's just he's been a revelation as well. Um, and obviously we've got Richarlison who splits who splits the fan base right down the middle. But he's working his ass off and the, and the teammates love him. I think um he's doing the job. He's doing it well. I mean he's got he's got a couple of assists so far this season. He's already matched his number from last season in terms of goals and assists. And got one um, last night. Yeah. I don't think um he's ever gonna be at a point where he's gonna be our nailed on starter. And I and I imagine in the summer he'll be gone. But I'm happy for him that's getting a run of games and he's still contributing, even if it's not that pretty to watch. Yeah. All right. Let me just play this, uh, Jane. You, you got guys won't be able to hear this, but that's the aim. That's the aim. I mean, it's, it's big praise, but I appreciate it. It's um, coming to a club like Tottenham, obviously a bigger club in stature than Leicester, um, and, I, and I absolutely love my time at Leicester. But the, the almost the what's the word? Like the scrutiny, the pressure, the responsibility obviously goes up a notch when you come to one of these bigger clubs and, and I love that and I thrive off that and 60,000 fans here today and I just love these occasions and on Monday Night Football, you know, and I just that's when I'm at my best and I felt really good out there today and I'm happy that we got the win and because we're doing really well as a um, yeah, so he's basically saying that, you know, playing out in front of 60,000 seat at Seater Stadium, fans screaming their names, that kind of atmosphere was just that that was what he talked about when he joined Spurs. He was like, I just saw myself playing in that kit in that stadium. He mentioned that. And that obviously, I was under the illusion that he'd signed for Spurs last year, effectively, without doing the paperwork, that he'd agreed to join Tottenham. Do you remember it was mooted towards the end of the season, which was confusing yeah. at the time, but it was like, well, I went, okay, well, if, that's, if that happens, great, but I'm sceptical. But he was in that interview with, with a phone call he had with Postacoglu, where he said, look, James, whether you sign or not, you're going to see a different Tottenham Hotspur next season. We're going to do this with or without you. So you can come along on this journey if you want or not, but you're going to see a difference. And like as a player, you're like, fucking hell, that's good. It's like, it was also, was it? Yeah. Basuma said he's found, that he Postacogli keeps finding ways every day of, of, of boosting them up, of giving them that sort of injection of, of, of passion or, or, or energy or whatever it might be. He's just finding ways to do it. He's using these words. What did you say, Yeah. What? Was you, I thought you were going to say no, something. No, no, I just said, I just said, <laughs> just said yeah. No, no, I just, I just said, yeah. Just, um, <laughs> no, for example, um, these players who are on the fringes and when they come on, they're not sulking. You know, like in the past, like maybe we'd have, um, obviously we, we got bumped out of the Carabao Cup, but there's people like um, Lo Celso who's on the fringes of the first team, but he still came on and still worked his ass off. I mean, the, the performance wasn't great, but I could see that he wanted to make an impression. And then the past has been people who have not been inside who have just been kind of almost um, almost poisonous in the dressing room, really, because they weren't getting the game. They come when they skulk about, but everyone seems to want to be a part of something here. And um, yeah, as Alex would say, something's definitely happening. Yeah. It's, inter it's interesting about the subs yesterday, wasn't it? It felt like, you know, because oh, there's a couple of things I'm thinking about here. It's... And how we spoke afterwards about the first half, because I agree, I think the first half we thought we were brilliant. I thought we were so good. We was in complete command of the game, got the goal. You know, probably should have had one or two more. But then he said about the second half about how sloppy we were with the ball. 
Um, and I think he was right. I think, you know, Emerson and then and at one point Richarlison did a thing with his shoulder uh, to control the with his shoulder, trying to show off. And it was just, if you do something like that, you've got to do something mental afterwards. And he didn't. And it's the second time he's tried to be flashy and it's not worked out. But I rate him for doing it. Um, but actually, what ha- for me, what happened yesterday was actually a mini version of what he did with Fulham in the Carabao Cup, where he changed nine players. Yesterday, he brought on all five subs, three of them at once. Yeah. And when those when the three came on, we looked really disjointed. Um, Lacelso, yeah, is not 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 great. Um, Johnson, you know, he's hamstrings. So he seemed a little bit cautious, but the person that actually worried me the most was Skip, because he's actually got minutes here and there, whereas Lacelso and Johnson perhaps not so much. Skip looks completely. He worries me because he looks mentally not switched on. Strange, isn't he it? Lo- he looks. He just looks because he's he's had minutes. He's been getting minutes throughout the season. Whereas you can't say that for Lacelso. So you give them a pass. You give Lacelso a pass. You know, for maybe not being great or Emerson. But Skip, he's been getting minutes. And yesterday he got. I, I saw he, he'd been on for like fifteen minutes, and then some guy nutmegged him, and it's like, wake up! Like he just seems like not want, awake. Want, well, he just seems like a, half the player he was before his injury. And I wonder how impactful that injury has been. Because something you're right, it, there is something not quite right with Skip, and he hasn't. I, I mean, I would go so far as to say that when Nuno was a manager, and parts of having Conte, that he was one of our better players, and that kind of we were a little bit gutted when he, he got that injury and he wasn't around. We were like Conte was sort of asking how long he's going to be out for because he, he saw Skip as a crucial player, and it that was that was less than a year ago, right? It's, it was mm. yeah, he wasn't playing regularly last season, so it may be something to do with that, but. Um, yeah, he does look levels below at, at, at this stage. What do you think of Hoybier's performance yesterday, T? I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um, I think he came in and did a job. Again, he's one of these people who's um, not been he? getting many minutes. But, but he's, just, yeah, he's, just, he's a consummate professional. One yeah. thing we may criticise Hoybier for holding his game, but one thing we'll never, never really criticise him for is his professionalism. And yesterday he was... Yesterday he did, he did put in a good performance. There was one point in the second half, though, where... Um, I think he, I think his feet were in treacle because the ball went over him. He just didn't move his feet at all. And I thought, God, this is the this is the Hoybier that everyone really hates. But no, I mean, he's he's good to have around the place. And I thought he thought he did all right. But there are there's a, there's obviously a chasm between him and Basuma. Basuma offers us so so much, and um, we'll definitely look a lot better when Basuma's back on um, on Friday. But yeah, I, th- I thought Hoybier did did all right. Maybe seven out of ten performance, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, you're asking him to do something that he's, he's, he can do, but just not as well as Basuma. So you're going to be looking at his performance and judging him about what what Basuma is born to do compared to something that Hoybier isn't. And with that in mind, I actually thought, yeah, like you said, the seven out of ten performance was was good. Um, and he he's, he hasn't he's played well every time he's been on the pitch at Spurs. I know he isn't the player we want and. I think a lot of us would have would have would have been fine if he went to Atletico Madrid for forty million in the summer. But actually, he's been really useful. He's helped us see out games when he hasn't when he's come off the bench. He's behaved in a professional manner and not, you know, throwing his toys out the pram and not playing. There's there is, and he still gets stick. And I don't really understand it. Like you can't give a player stick and attack them for playing at the top of their ability playing at their the, the peak of what they're able to do right and 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 give everything 
and work for the team and then to mm. give, still, still give them stick is nonsensical to me. I get that you don't rate him, you don't think he's good enough, but if he's playing at the best of his ability and working for the team, what else is he supposed to do if he's picked? And not only that, he has done well. <laughs> I think he's done... Fu- this season, I can't knock Hoybier at all this season. I think in previous seasons, he was overplayed. He played far too much for us. And perhaps there was times he should have been dropped because either A, he was burnt out or B, just not been playing good enough. And I'm a believer in if a player hasn't played well, they should be dropped. You know, there should always be accountability. And they should, if you don't turn up, if you don't put the effort in, then you should be dropped. Um, and I think that was perhaps didn't happen with Hoybier in previous seasons. But this season, I've quite liked him in that older statesman role. 70 minutes, him and Perisic come on, tidy up, you know, and win the game for us. I've actually quite liked him. And yesterday, Fulham, start of the second half, it was quite noticeable that Fulham were actively targeting him to press him because he's not Bissouma, because he's not, you know, press resistant as, as Bissouma is. But actually, I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Probably, a, you know, a 7 out of 10. I thought he was pretty good. Mm. Now, I, I think it is a little bit harsh. I think there's, you know, people out there with agenda. Some people just don't like him, and that's fine. But I don't think he's a bad egg in the dressing room. I certainly don't believe that. And he's a pretty decent footballer. And actually, out of our central midfielders, outside of Madison, he uses the ball probably better than anyone. He uses it better than Skip. He uses it better than Saar. He's, he's a... A better passer than those two players, maybe I'd, not. Ben I'd go with that. I'd go with that. I'd go in terms of the one, the Skip and and Sar in terms of his distribution and vision. I would I would go with Hoybier over those in that single attribute. I don't think that Sar should be dropped, and I think the no. midfield three that we start with is our best currently. And wait until Ben Tancor comes back in the next month or so. But you're right in Hoybier in those moments, he does make the right decision, and he's not suited to this system. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily bring out the best in him and mm. we have other players that do a better job than he would but when he's come on he's given it all just on that agendas you mentioned agendas we had a question from we do every week we do a preview of every game on uh, Patreon uh, so become a patron it's patreon.com forward slash fighting cock uh, but one of the questions for the preview for the Fulham game which we found quite funny is uh, is about agendas and apparently these are the mm. top five the fighting cock agendas from JH nice. who uh <laughs> <laughs> these are the ones he's picked up on over the years. Um, he's, I guess, these are his five and rank them. Uh, Ricky and Eric, Ricky and Eric Mella, so thirty million pound bow replacement. Um, he's got you, Cal. He's got Dyer and Lurie's ripping up their contracts. Do you still believe yeah. that we should rip their contracts up? Oh God, yes. Yeah, but yeah, but you're just are you playing playing up to it now? Uh, do you know what the thing is with me with actually both of them? What? Don't it's strange to me that they are still there for their I don't for us it's just like well look we've got to, we've got to pay them anyway so we'll just leave them there but th- how those two are happy to sit there and not play football at the at their age is really strange it's really weird but Dyer just you know in terms of how we play and I was saying to, I always make friends at football I was talking to some random geezer yesterday and at, at the stadium what were you talking uh, about we talk about the team mostly. Um, and I said, we'll look at, I said, we walked Van, I was like, Van de Ven. I was like, look at, look at, in terms of an upgrade, right? In terms of an upgrade from Dyer to Van de Ven, it's a humongous. So, and looking at it from this perspective of ripping his contract up, 
he has no place in this squad because he is nowhere near of the level. I'd rather have Ashley Phillips in because he's just more suited to how we play than Eric Dye. Eric Dye is too slow and doesn't move. He can't move his body quick enough to play the way we want him to in any position, whether it's a six or a centre-back. He just can't do it. Yeah, he was on the bench yesterday, wasn't he, Dyer? I think he was. Yeah. Um, bench, was strong. bench was strong yesterday. Yeah, on paper it was, certainly compared to what it was Very like attacking. against Luton. Was it Luton who we had? To... Um, yeah, if you add Ben Tenkor to that as well, it's actually not bad for 16. Like, we need mm. to improve it for sure, mm. and we will, but not bad, not bad. Um, I like those I like those those conversations with randoms at the football because you always get into them because you just you're often talking out loud when you're watching a football anyway. But do you do sometimes get one who's a bit racist, don't you? you just go says something that's a bit and like, oh no. Oh yeah. no, it, oh, no, he's a racist and I'm, not, and I'm not strong enough to call him out. So I'm just gonna sit down. Do you not <laughs> You know what, Flav, it's funny you said that someone said um the soundest people you meet it's other people before you just before you find out that they're racist, they're always so fucking sound. <laughs> <laughs> they just say one thing that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, fucking brilliant. I've had that a lot. I mean look, lots of lots of like my I don't some of them listen to the podcast. There there are people associated that I know through my dad's and these are old school, right? Mm. Old school gentlemen, black club drivers. And they are. I mean, fundamentally, they're the definition of racists, right? <laughs> but if you discount that bit, they're fucking lovely people. <laughs> yeah, they're fine otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> they're just lovely, but they're just fucking yeah. racist. <laughs> you just got to steer them away from certain topics. Yeah, and and, and they're yeah. lovely people. But then they find it funny. Like if you're going, no, you can't really say that. They're like, brilliant. <laughs> this is great because they're like eighty and they don't care. No. But anyway, um, other other um, uh, agendas. Uh, other agendas. Yes, uh, Bardi and Hoybier, the cement mixer, and uh, Alex from Bristol and Ben Davies boiled potatoes. Although Alex, to his credit, has has, has apologised twice to Ben J- Ben Davies. But it is this part and 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 mine and Richarlison. I don't think that's an agenda. I think everyone has an agenda against Richarlison now, right? Everyone's on board? I think it's very split. Do you think it's, it's very split? split Do you think it's split? Yeah. 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 What would you say? The percentage split on, on approving of Richarlison and disapproving? In the, like a split would suggest 50 50. Is it, is it that binary? I think it's probably 55 45. So it is quite quite down the middle. I think it's quite like, close. I think with them is that. Sorry, go. From what I've seen, um, it's more like a 65-35. Yeah, all right, all right. But what, it was interesting in yesterday. Yeah. In favour of him, Carl? No, uh, no, against him. I'd say it's more 65-35. What was my take on him yesterday was there's a lot of the language that's being used around him in that 35% that are on his side. Rule on his side, he wears the shirt, right? Rule on his side, we all want him to play well. Course. If you don't want him to play well because you've got an agenda, then you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, weird. Um, but we all want him to do well because he wears the shirt, regardless of what that player is. Fuck me, we wanted Adebayor to do well back in the day. Um, we did all right. I was quite, I hope, he was I've, right. I've got fond memories of Adebayor, really. Have you? Me too. Yeah, me too. That loan season was incredible. And he did a little salute, him and Tim Sherwood saluting at each other. I was like, yay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's... You know, you you want Richie to do well, but for me, the language that's being used about him, 
I think we've seen it a lot before with other players. It's very Soldado-like language, to be honest. Yeah. It's, oh, he works hard. Oh, he, he, oh, he got an assist here. Or, oh, he's done this. And it's like, yeah, but in the big moments when we've needed him, to, you know, those those moments when he's not asking someone else to do the work, when he needs to do it himself, i.e. finish a chance, he's not doing it. And that's where it's concerning to me is that the language around him sounds very soldado-like and very defensive. But actually, for the money we paid for him and for what we've asked him to do, what we're asking him to do, he's not doing it. I'm not as concerned about the money because that is just football and it happens. We did spend a lot of money on a player that isn't very, that yeah. isn't incredible yeah. and we could have spent it better, else, better elsewhere. But in terms of what he does on the pitch... it And and, and I thought today, yesterday, he was okay. Like I, I, I loved his industry... He did mm-hmm. work really hard, and um, certainly in the pressing, like in, in, as a pressing forward, he he works his bollocks off, and that that part of his game cannot be cannot be um, questioned. It's just the quality, the lack of quality, and that's that's the issue. And ultimate, ultimately, if you have aspirations similar to that of what Postacoglu's are, where there is no limit to what we can achieve, you can't just have passengers you can't carry someone along merely because he runs about a lot because that's it isn't it that's more like, i mean i don't want to reduce it and I'm, there are people out there that understand football much better than me who probably could make a better argument of why richardson does more but in my estimation or my opinion for what it's worth i feel like he's a passenger to some degree and i feel like we can upgrade on that area significantly and quite quickly, quite easily, and probably will happen in January. Do you know what I mean? If he was on the bench and someone else is playing effectively as a left winger and being, you know, on a, as a, taking people on and doing one on ones and consistently doing what you'd, you'd want from your wide players, like Matoma does for, for Brighton, and he's on the bench, no one's calling for him to return to the team. They're just saying it now because he has to play. Do you know what I mean? That's my that's my feeling, and that's. I'm not being mean to him. You know, I'm not trying to say things or irritate people that do really rate Richarlison or think that he's good enough. I'm just, that's how I feel about it, really. I don't think it's that outlandish. I don't think it's an agenda. I think I made an assessment early on and now everyone's joining the party. (laughs) 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 I don't don't think it's half as bad as people say he is, Mm. but I don't think he's got a future at Spurs beyond this season. And he has to be a contributor. I don't think he's been a complete passenger. He presses quite well. He's getting he's getting assists and a couple of goals here and there as well. But um, he is probably that is probably the easiest position to upgrade. And um, as Mark Nesbitt has said, I think the left wing is a position we've got to look at in the next few windows to to properly upgrade. Um, you know, the trend these days is for um, players who can dribble the ball well. So players like um, Docu at Man City. So I'd imagine we look for someone in in that mould. Yeah, we did, a, we, we did a podcast on Patreon looking at the left wing position, actually, with uh, Lily White Lab. Go and follow them on Twitter. They're doing YouTube videos as well, producing really good stuff, interesting stuff about uh, tactics and potential players that we could buy. Yeah, so we did a, like a half an hour podcast on that left wing position and identified some players that might fill the void, uh, one of which was Matoma, which is a no brainer. Uh, let's do He's some questions. He's a new contract, though, isn't he? As he? Little bastard, really? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a four or five year contract as well. I mean, I suppose he owes it to him. Like, they have got the best out of him and, you know, they took a chance on him. You know, Trossard, I don't know if you've listened to, uh, I did the, 
I did. There was an interview with Paul Barber, and he's the CEO of Brighton, and they, they, he talks about their method of having. An, they realise what they are. They realise their best players are going to get picked up, and uh, they also realise that they're going to get the most value out of the players when they sell them. But they have always have a backup plan for the player that's going to replace Caicedo or or Trossard. Yeah. And Matoma was the guy who replaced Trossard. And you would say, and Trossard's good, really good. You know, yeah. I, I think he would, have been, he would have been perfect for Spurs. He would have been better than Richarlison if we managed to get him. But it is yeah. what it is. Matoma is a better footballer, though. And, um, yeah, I don't know why I'm going over that, but it's quite interesting, relatively. <laughs> Let's do some questions there, boys. Uh, Zeus, he says, you're at a swingers party with the missus when it suddenly in walks matters. Willie in his hand. And he saunters over, take, taking a fancy to your partner. With you low on options, you decide to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you had nothing else to do. I've got nothing else to do. I might as well watch it. Can't go. Leave. Get out of there. I'm, I'm low on options. I'm just going to watch Madison bang my wife. Um, there is a table with ingredients to make a sandwich. <laughs> Which sandwich do you make for the show? What Have you got a favorite sandwich, boys? I, I'm I am quite... stretched. Yeah, but so what's your like, go to? It doesn't mean you don't have to be right. What do you like, though? T, what do you like? If I had to pick a, if I had to pick a dream sandwich, I'd probably be have a bit of pesto, avocado, <sighs> and chicken. That's good. That's good. That's, that sounds like a condensed sandwich to me. Cal, yeah, I love, I'd, love pesto. I'd do uh, pesto. I'd do it. Yeah, you can't go wrong I'd with do pesto. It. If you don't like pesto, you're a fucking idiot. Pesto's fine. It's not nothing to fight. No, know. it's elite food, man. It's up there. I'd make a club sandwich: three pieces of bread, toasted, chicken, mayonnaise, maybe a bit of bacon, lettuce, tomato. Yeah. What you say, when really you say good. a club sandwich, you say it, and you say three pieces of bread. Like, forgive yeah. my ignorance. Are we talking? This is a stack, is it? To stack, you get three pieces of bread, chicken, bacon, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, and then actually sometimes a fried egg as well. Now that's a proper, a proper club sandwich. I, yeah, you're banging. a filthy little slut. <laughs> what? What? You? you <laughs> that's pretty amazing, girl. Yeah, that is incredible. What you mean? You go to those lengths when you're hungry? Do you know what? Yeah, from time not nah. It's like from time to time I'll be doing like Tesco shopping, and be like, I'll have, I'll think. Do you know what? I'm gonna have a club sandwich this week yeah. and I'll order the ingredients for a club sandwich. It's not something I'd have every day, but it's like, I don't know, every few months you go, oh, do you know what? I'm gonna make a club sandwich. Have it for dinner with some chips. Lovely. Mate, it sounds good, but you know, but it's surprising because I remember once where I said to you, um, what, you know, you're ready to record the pod and you went, I, I will be, but I'm just having some lunch and I went, take a picture of the food you're having and it was just a fucking hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I have a fa- again. It's another, it's another phase. I get into a phase. And I just think I want a scummy hot dog. I know. I in, s- since that, since that, my honestly, the way I felt that you eat was like, you know, those people that can't eat proper food, and so they eat like yeah. a, a child for the rest of their entire life. Like, just have chicken nuggets, <laughs> and that, chicken nuggets and chips, or they'll have a pizza or something, and that's all the food they eat. That's my. Yeah. That was what I thought you was. I thought you was like those, one of those sort of child eaters. <laughs> Since then, I was like, is that your lunch? How old are you? Four years old? Can I have a hot dog, mum? Disgusting. Um, I, can't, I don't think you can go wrong with a cheese plowman's. Mm. 
I know, I know it's, it's basic, but I just, I think it's the best sandwich on earth. And maybe that's just, you know, because where I've come from. And people mm. say England doesn't have any culture. Or well, how the fuck did we make a cheese plowman sandwich then? <laughs> Turn that up your pipe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, I think you win there, though, Cal. Yeah. Mate, yeah let I, us, I, I, I concede. If you if if anyone um wants to one up Cal in terms of sandwich and it doesn't have to be more outrageous than what Cal's done but let us know on Twitter and we do whenever people tweet us stuff like this we do discuss it in the WhatsApp group don't make any content about it but give us something to talk about send in your, the best sandwiches that you can make Jackass says how does T feel now that he isn't the fighting cop member with the worst tweet oh shit I wasn't supposed to read this one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Now that Barty has talked about Richie out getting out back and putting him down, I don't think that... I I was surprised by the reaction to Barty's tweet, to be honest, but... um, so why are you being attacked here? I've no idea. That's why I had that 50 cent gift. I had to reply like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> why um, are you catching strays? No, no idea. No uh, idea. I don't even, I don't even tweet that much. <laughs> Let's have it right. Bardi's far surpassed all of us. Well, like let- he's, lap- he's lapped us. Yeah, I don't want to bring more attention to it. No, all right. I love him. The, the boxing mad uh, man says, we couldn't, could we? Of course we could. Could we? Of course. We could. Of course. Uh, men, men with Ven. And that, do, you know, do you know what I've realised as well, boys? You know, in terms of that, could we? You know, it's kind of like it's become a part of the Tottenham lexicon this season. Fans of other clubs, yeah. it drives them wild. It drives them insane. Like, the, I didn't realise, I thought it's obvious, right? When you read it and you look at it, we couldn't, could we? It's actually, if anything, yeah. self-deprecating. It's pathetic, isn't it? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't look at. And I'm not trying not to explain the joke here, but you, Man City fans wouldn't go, "Could we?" It's not. It's because of our position. So for an Arsenal, Arsenal exactly. fan or a fan of other club to look at it and go, "Oh, you lot of fucking, you know, you, you the fuck do you think you are? You like you're just the, the joke." And it's and and it's fast becoming not a joke. But until this at, at this moment, it could be sort of self-deprecating look at where we are at. It's just that, like, just why are you getting so wind up, wound up about this? Why are we're just we, having fun. Just having a good time. Why, why are we under your skin so much? If we're so shit and so, like, so spursy, why is this winding you up so much? Don't worry about it. Just leave us alone. We're innocent men. Just, just, <laughs> just men. Just innocent men. <laughs> um... <laughs> If Madison is absolute mustard, what condiment is La Celso? Mayo. I'm, I'm, do you know what? <clears throat> I'm, 
I'm still back in the cell, so I still think we're going to get something out of him somehow, somewhere. I'm not, I don't know what something out of him means, but I just think our opinion of Lo Celso will be better than it is right now come the end of the season. Th- that's my bold take. That isn't that bold. Yeah, he, he, he does split opinion, so I guess maybe it'd be a, it'd be a Marmite spread. Yo, yeah. Yeah. I love Marmite. Um, I want Marmite to sponsor the podcast. I could eat my own body weight. Okay, Vegemite. There you go. Next best thing. It's not good, though. I mean, I know there's loads of Aussies. They're going to be fucking furious because like the amount of Aussies that now listen to this podcast compared to where we, where we were at before, it's insane. So you know, welcome all of you. You're welcome. Um, but Vegemite is shit compared to Marmite. It doesn't even comp- compare. And fuck your cricket team. Um, <laughs> other than that, welcome. <laughs> Bing bang. McBill, um, <laughs> he says, and slaps on a latex rubber glove and applies a liberal amount of lube and tells you to bend over if it means the double. Do you do it? Obviously. Um, Absolutely. Um, without question. Yeah. Done. Without question. There wouldn't, you'd have to fight I'd me be... to stop me from bending over. Quick. I'd be, I'd be pulling him in. <laughs> <laughs> your brother want to go as well (laughs) anyone else anyone else (laughs) yeah man all here i'll take all here yeah every single one of you come on (laughs) all of you (laughs) give us something ardent bill for fuck's sake (laughs) yeah come on not talking about your dick only that's only for Ange. Uh, the Puerto Rico Big Ange says, "I see fans worried about the dropping quality of the squad's play after we made our subs later in the second half. I think if uh, it's more to do with the fact that we took out three critical players all at the same time in a game where yeah. we dominated anyway. Was it Thousand really percent. a concern? Yes, I think. Who was that? Who asked that question? That was the Puerto Rico, Re- the Puerto Rican Big Ange. Okay, he needs a shorter name than that." But yeah, um, it's not really roll like, to tongue, does it? <laughs> no, it's not. We'll call him Dave, right? right. Thanks, Dave. Um, I, I think he's absolutely right. Like it was, it was for me. It was, and I said this earlier. It was a mini version of what he did for the first Fulham game, which was when he made nine changes. What he did yesterday was, you know, eighty minutes or seventy minutes into the game, made five changes, but three all at the same time. And I don't think it was. It's entirely fair. You know, we were just talking about Lo Celso, right? I don't think it's entirely fair on Lo Celso or Johnson or whoever to to come straight in and to look fluid because yeah, they're training every day, but they've not been playing in the system. That first eleven are so well tuned. They played together all the time. But you can see, for example, Hoybier has come in for Basuma yesterday and he's played all right. He was fine. Six, seven out of ten. I thought he was pretty good, but. If you we were to change three, four players, I think we would look a little bit disjointed, and I think that's exactly what happened yesterday. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm going to reserve judgment on on and Johnson and the Celso and you know, not so much Skip because I think he's been poor all season. But I, I think that's a fair comment, absolutely. Mm. Uh, Apex says, is Sonny currently the best striker in the world? T. Yes, Barmel. Good. Best I've seen. Yeah, I don't want logic here. Yes, he is. I don't want any confusion or yes, any conversation he- about it. He's, the, he's certainly the best finisher in the league at this stage. I know, I know that doesn't make any sense because Haaland's very clinical. Haaland's literally finished more goals, than, but <laughs> it's just like when when he when he got that space on the edge of the box, yeah, it was a formality. 
Mm-hmm. It, as soon as he lined up, you're like, this is a goal, it's in. There's nothing that's good. There's no keeper in the world that's going to stop this shot from Son. I was so convinced at that point where he carried that ball and Massey was well out of position that he was going to score. It was almost like I celebrated before it even left his foot. It was yeah. it was that good. Um, and it's not an easy chance as well. It's for a very no, difficult for, chance as yeah, well. Yeah, but for him, it is easy. Makes it look easy. Yeah. It is, yeah. For him, it's meat and drink. Yeah. As soon as, he get, as soon as he gets in that position, as soon as he opens his body up onto his right foot, you might as well start walking back to the centre circle. It's done. It's in the net. Because he just gets everything right. And the keeper knows where he's going to go, but he just gets that perfect amount of loft of it on loft on it where the keeper can't get near it. It's it's brilliant. And he does it all the time. We've seen him do it all the time. And, and I think I saw this mentioned on, it might have been Instagram, when he gets to the end of his career, we're going to look at Premier League goal scorers, not just in the terms of numbers he's got, because he's in that 100 club now, and that's quite an elite club, but also the worldies he's got. There's not, not going to be many players in Premier League history that are going to stack up the number of worldies against him. In terms of numbers and in terms of the, 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 the quality of goals he's scored, you know, you think about Chelsea at Wembley, Burnley at home, he's scored some fucking unreal goals. He's going to have such a highlight reel by the time his career's over. And he's only adding to it now. I did. I wonder if there are any South Koreans that are going, fucking wish he, well, what's he still doing at Spurs? I wish he'd joined Man United. Like, I was thinking that last night. I mean, he's like, he spent, he's like there, he's like the, 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 like, clearly the best South Korean player that has ever lived. But yeah. he's, he's wasted his career at Spurs, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that's what they think. We don't think that. that that's <laughs> that's what, what they think, but we don't That's what that. they think, 100%. Um, yeah, no, he's fucking, he's unreal. And like, I don't know, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod, but I might have mentioned it elsewhere. That if, if I don't know how much credibility or interest that people have in expected goals, but he has outperformed his since 2018. He's outperformed his expected goals by 26. And people go, well, you know, it's expected crazy. goals. It means that the chances that he's scoring aren't being scored by other players. That his level is above the norm significantly better than anyone well, think of all the strikers that have been there yeah go on what i don't get about this me being a data analyst doing it for a living is that um <laughs> surely the xg should adjust for him <laughs> you, you, got, you got what i mean yeah yeah so it's like um, sonny he gets a handicap if he's in a certain position yeah exactly so if he's in a certain position it should just be an expected goal in like, yesterday's you'd be a low on the uh, metric that they use but we all knew it was going in. Yeah, but if Troy Deeney so, was in that no. position, would he score? Not ne- <laughs> not no, well, he'd make a podcast. He'd make a podcast about it, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. of course he would. Not, uh, yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Adogi Union. Adogi. Adogi Union. Uh, with the addition of the trumpet and drums at, at the lane, what other instruments would you include to complete the band? He thinks a triangle. I'd like to see a trombone or a double bass. <laughs> I want to see an electric guitar. <laughs> Just absolutely thrashing the fuck out of it. What Slash you, style. Boys, what do you think of the Freed from Desire song after the game? I think it's fine. I yeah. think it's fine. It's funny. It didn't work yesterday because it wasn't a last minute win. There's no jeopardy in yesterday's win at all. It didn't work, but... When you say um, it didn't work, what do you mean? It was just a bit it, half-hearted. 
No, because that chant works when there's like an in, so we won in the last minute against Liverpool and yeah, yeah. Sheffield United. So it worked better then. It worked better. But it didn't really work that well. I think yeah, because I think um something that Colin now pointed out that people normally stayed for the whole lot. But I think by the end of Angels it was the stand was half empty, people had to go. Yeah, it was so, late, um, wasn't it? You know, I, I think it's all fine. They've edited the words out, so it's just the instrumental now. Yeah. That's good. That's good. To Angels. Yeah. If you so you listen to the videos okay. back, there's it dips out the bit when I'm loving angels. They just dip dip out the okay the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. All right, boys. I think uh, I think we're done. Alrighty. All right. All right, boys. Lovely. It's all, all good. Back on Thursday for the Q and A pod. Looking forward to the Palace game. Like if we win that one, then. Then what? I mean, we're going to preview in it, but what if we do? Like, what if we go to Palace and win? Like, five points clear. Five points clear. Not even joint top. Five points clear. Big. What does it mean? I was saying this last night in Beavertown. Five points clear after 10 games. You think about the things that clubs will be saying to rationalise. said this earlier on. They've not played anybody. Oh, the league table doesn't mean anything. 10 games is one of those kind of... It's one of those markers when people start to say, oh, oh, it doesn't mean anything for 10 games or halfway or whatever. But 10 games is a marker, right? It's it's over a quarter of the way through. If we get to 10 games in, five points clear, doesn't matter. Even if it's only for 24 hours, that's a big statement. We had this question. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. It's... Um, it's... Uh, I mean, what if we beat Chelsea? Chelsea at home? Beat them the last two times, I think. We've played them. Certainly last year, anyway. We win that one as well. Cannot wait for that. I don't even want to think about it. I can't, I can't but, handle it. What, what, um, because there's, at some point, we're, as fan base is going to have to... The fan base, those fans are going to have to go, fuck, hang on a minute. Could we? Like, mm. could, could, we, could we actually? Mm. We need to have a dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone needs to sit down. At that point. Yeah, everyone will sit down and get a little, uh, have a little sit, a good, like an honest discussion. Like, we've got like, together. We've got to all agree on this. Can we or can't we? Yeah. Is, is this going to happen or not? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, boys. Peace. I did have a quick question. Go on. Sorry. Go on. Very, very quick. Yeah. What's the lowest acceptable finish you'd take? This is the expectation has gone up, you... hasn't it? It's gone yeah. up now. Because like, I, I said seventh from playing football at the start of the season. Now yeah. I'm like I'd want I'd want Postacoglu's head on a stick if we finish seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's half conference league, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be eight. Yeah, the Champions League might be top five league, yeah. this year. Champions League might be top uh, five. Yeah. yeah. The actual the actual yeah, yeah. sort of achievement of finishing in uh, in Europe now is just out the window completely. If half the league can qualify, it's kind of pointless. Anyway, yeah, it's bollocks. Champions um, League football. Would you say what? Champions League football is about what you'd expect? I, I think it would. Is your expectation now? <clears throat> I think we. I. I. My expectation is we qualify. It. We finish top four. That's my expectation. <clears throat> That's fair. <laughs> but I'm. Same. I'm open to. You know, being philosophical with things and stoical if things start to go wrong. You know, because I can see that I can see what's going on. Right, I can see the method. Mm. And I can see what needs to be done, and and in Pastor Coglu's own words, there's so much work to do, which is really warming, 
uncomfortable makes me feel very comfortable when he says there's so much work to do we're not even remotely where we need to be like what the fuck is it going to look like then what are we going to be like (laughs) (laughs) what in your head in your head Ange, what are you thinking when you say that to me when when you say to me we've got so much work to do we are nowhere near where we need to be and we are top of the league by two points and you've had the greatest start that any Premier League manager has ever had and you're saying to me right now Ange we've got loads of stuff to do mate (laughs) it sounds ridiculous it sounds ridiculous but he's going to sound even more ridiculous when he's saying that while in a press conference with the league title sat next to him with the white ribbons on it he's going to look and sound absolutely ridiculous yet he's still going to say it I, I I hope he looks at the Premier League instead of instead like at the end when we're holding it up he just looks walks over and just fucking spits at the Premier League trophy at the end of the season <laughs> I don't want that that's not, that's not enough come back to me when we have five <laughs> I'm fine Christ I'm rigid boys no alright see you later bye ciao Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.